go to the moon. I can't believe what's happening here. I got And now, History Boulevard with John Oakley. It was a rope across Niagara Falls that Nick Walenda, the famed acrobat, aerialist, daredevil, high-wire artist, and author of the book Facing Fear, crossed on this very date in 2012. Nick Walenda has joined us to, I guess, rekindle the memory of that uh, historic crossing. Nick, good to have you on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Hey, great to be on. Thanks for having me. What do you remember about this date back in 2012, 11 years ago? You know, it's crazy. It seems like it was yesterday. I remember everything from the moment I got in the elevator at the uh, Seneca Casino and rode down, got in the car and drove over to the falls and made that uh, historic walk from U.S. to Canada. You did it at nighttime, too, didn't you? I did. That's right. It was aired live um, in the States on ABC and actually it was aired nationally in Canada as well. Um, so evening is, of course, prime time, and that's that's when they want me to walk. Is there a greater challenge doing it in the evening? You know, I would tell you very much what I do is mind over matter, and having to wait the entire day out before you're going to do something like that can add a lot of stress, for sure. Um, generally, I sleep very well before these walks, but it's during the day that your mind wants to uh, wander. I actually talk a lot about that in my, my book, Facing Fear, the power of our, our mind and controlling our thoughts. So what is it then that, uh, I mean, so you're really very, very conscious of how the mind is working at different times of the day, so this wasn't the most advantageous time to be doing this crossing. Yeah, that's right. And also the winds t- tend to pick up in the evening as well from the studies that we'd done prior to that walk. So, of course, that's always an issue. Now, I prepared and trained with 90-mile-an-hour winds for that walk, uh, knowing they wouldn't exceed about 45 to 50 uh, and they didn't. In fact, I think the highest wind gust during that walk was about 38 miles per hour. Where do you train in 90 mile an hour winds in a wind tunnel? We do. Yeah, we have a training facility in Florida, which is where I train for all of my events. And we have it set up to sort of simulate or do the best you can to simulate the conditions that I face during these walks. Now, my understanding, Nick, if I recall correctly, it wasn't so much the wind, it was the mist. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just speaking with someone yesterday, and I was saying the mist was a, was a great challenge. In fact, there's some photos where I started where the mist was so thick you couldn't even see Canada from the U.S. side where I started. Uh, it was a heavy, heavy mist in the air, which is, of course, standard or common for Niagara Falls given, uh, well, wait five minutes and it changes. But as I was walking, it started to, uh, to dissipate a bit, which was helpful. But yeah, my eyes were definitely uh, definitely filled with water, and I had to blink quite a bit in order to see. But to be honest with you, one of the most um, intimidating aspects was the roar of the falls. That that sound is so intimidating, and I, it's hard to explain why that would affect someone walking the wire. But mentally, again, what I do is mind over matter, and uh, it de- definitely played a toll on my mind. Really, is there a way that you can block it out, uh, or you know, just? kind of obviated so it's background white noise yeah i mean of course that's the goal um and i think subconsciously i've learned to do that over the over the years i think my family has you know my family's been doing this for 240 years i'm just carrying on this legacy so um i i do think it's something that that sort of happens almost naturally um when i'm doing when i'm facing whether it be an active volcano which was another crazy sound that i never imagined uh, hearing as i was walking Again, Falls. Nick Willend is with us on this, the anniversary of his crossing Niagara Falls, the first man to cross the falls on a tightrope. 
It was back in 2012. Now, some people are saying Blondin did it back in the middle of the 19th century. How was your crossing different than his if you're considered the first man on a tightrope? Yeah, so Blondin actually walked about a kilometer uh, downstream is all the, all the uh, evidence that we've seen, actually. He never walked directly over the precipice of the falls. He more walked over the gorge itself. Now, I, I would tell you, that doesn't mean he wasn't capable of doing it. I think it was more the technology or the rigging aspect that was probably the challenge that he faced, which is why he never walked over the precipice itself. Nick, how high above the falls was the tightrope? Uh, not very high. So uh, the, the lower edge of the falls, you know, once the water comes down, I was about 250 feet, about, uh, I don't know, about 70, 80 meters, something like that. Um, but where I actually walked over the precipice, I was within maybe 10 meters at most. So, again, that alone was intimidating. I'll never forget the moment I walked right over that precipice and watching those falls fall under me. Just a, a sort of a surreal moment in my life. You mentioned the intimidation thing on a number of occasions here. Do you still feel fear when you're doing these uh, these types of walks? You know, I, I don't know that I would, uh, you know, call it fear. I would call it respect. I get anticipation leading up to it. There's definitely nerves involved. But I think part of that is just the respect for what I do. I, I think it's very dangerous to become complacent in any line of work, especially mine. So I always have to have that edge. If If I don't, then my concern would be I didn't respect it enough and I could lose my life. So, again, you might call it fear. I, I certainly call it respect. Do you look down? I mean, uh, do you stay focused uh, on a certain horizon? How does this go about? You know, and I'm just curious as well if uh, the physical or the mental is the hardest aspect to address. Yeah, so it depends on where I'm at in the walk and what the conditions are like. So at some points during the walk over Niagara Falls, I was only to be able to, I could only see maybe like three meters in front of me at most because that mist was so heavy. Uh, so my focus would change. Now I'll also tell you this is my passion and what I love doing. So I try to enjoy it, take it all in. I absolutely do look down when I'm doing these walks for sure uh, as, I'm, as I'm doing them. Let me ask you another question. I mean, into the metaphysical, I mean, because you're in a different dimension here or a sphere that not too many humans go into. Do you pray at all when you do these things? Oh, absolutely. That's a huge part of who I am on or off the wire. So, so there's certainly a lot of that that goes into it. And really, that's more about the, the calmness. Uh, you know, it's, it's my form of meditation, to be honest with you. Um, and that's, that's the way I, I, I kind of cast my anxieties away, if that makes sense. Was there any distraction when you did this walk? I remember it was widely televised, as you pointed out, all across the states and Canada. Uh, you were actually wired to to speak directly to the people on, I guess it was the ABC network at the time. Was that a distraction? How did that affect you mentally? Yeah, it is It is certainly a bit of a distraction. Now, every walk that I do, I speak with my father. I've got in-air monitors and I can com- convert, have conversations with him. Um, so it's certainly a distraction. Again, when you've done it your whole life, you're sort of used to, you know, I've, I've walked a wire and disciplined my kids at the same time in training. So it's sort of part of the training of what we do and, and preparedness. So it wasn't a huge distraction over anything that I've ever experienced in the past, for sure. So you mentioned your father. Uh, I think it was your grandfather, the famous Carl Wallenda, was it not? I mean, did you not do this in tribute to him? That's right. So it was my great-grandfather was Carl Wallenda, and he's oh. the one who brought my family over from Europe, from Germany, uh, to the United States in 1928 and really built a, a worldwide brand and a name. And I sort of do everything I do 
to pay respect to not only him, but all of my ancestors. You know, we've had a lot of tragedy and a lot of triumphs. I've lost seven family members performing. So, you know, what I do is real. It is dangerous. And uh, again, and I do it to sort of pay respect to them. And and also, you know, it's very important to me that uh, people don't forget the name Walenda, that it is always associated with uh, taking risks and, and more so with using our abilities and uh, our, our skill, our unusual skill and talent to inspire others to pursue their dreams. As a matter of fact, uh, it was your great granddad who actually uh, did set a record, I guess, in 1974, but you broke his world record. And uh, that was a skywalk distance of 1,800 feet, I guess, that he had set. And you eclipsed that by uh, a couple of hundred feet. Was that not right? That's right. Yes, I have been blessed to now uh, break 14 Guinness World Records. And, and again, part of that is is, is carrying on that legacy. I, I think my great-grandfather would want me to continue to walk further and higher and longer at greater distances because that's that's what it means to carry on a legacy. So, Nick, what's still left to accomplish? I mean, uh, <laughs> did you cross the Grand Canyon on a tightrope yet? I did. So I walked across the Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls, an active volcano, uh, Chicago skyscrapers completely blindfolded. Um, I have walked all over the world, Times Square in New York City. Um, so what's next? There's always more dreams and aspirations for sure. I've got dreams of walking the pyramids in Egypt or from one continent to another. You know, I walk from one country to another, United States to Canada, one continent to another over in, in, um, in Europe, in Turkey. I have dreams of, you know, I would say my biggest Maybe goal is to walk or do a stunt, I should say, in outer space. Wow. Uh, yeah, that'd be a tough one, too, especially with, you know, uh, one-sixth of the gravity, if not less. Cor- uh, yeah. Correct, yeah. So, so, uh, ju- so maybe staying on the wire, the challenge would be not to float off of it, but that's why <laughs> there, there, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't simply be a wire walk. There's, there's, uh, there's a different idea that I have in my mind, different concept. I'm going to say uh, it gives a new meaning to spacewalk. Nick Walenda, yeah. uh, on this date, 2012, history was made. First man to cross Niagara Falls on a tightrope. Uh, he is, of course, of the famed Walenda family, acrobat, aerialist, daredevil, high wire artist, and author of the book, Facing Fear. Really appreciate your joining us on this anniversary date, Nick. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on Earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.